I'm Dr. Jason Kessler. Long ago, I made an interesting discovery, but it wasn't really something new at all. What I discovered is that there's not a single person that you will ever meet that you can't learn things from. So on the Professor Anyone podcast, I've been interviewing people from all walks of life to discover what, together, we can learn. This is the Professor Anyone podcast season one finale. My friends, I don't have a guest professor with me today. It's just me. I'm going to talk about some of the wonderful things that we have learned during the first season and talk about some of the places that we may go with it during the second season. And yes, there will be a second season. As I started bringing people together for the podcast and assembling guest professors, I brought a lot of my own friends, a few people who were volunteers and a few people that I specifically asked to be on the podcast because of the great things that I knew that they would say. As I think about the guest professors that we've had and the things that we've talked about and the things that we've learned, it's really easy to see that there are some very common themes that we're seeing. In one way or the other, most of my guest professors had as some of their main goals in life, caring for and helping others. And this is perhaps what really makes great people that we meet on an everyday basis. For example, when I asked Michelle Turnis about what she really saw as the common theme between a variety of different things that she was doing in her life, her response was that in each of those areas, in each of those fields that she has been in, she's helping other people. And she's helping people to discover things about themselves, and she's helping people to get the things that they need to have a better life. Stephanie Harper may have taken this to an extreme as she talks about the many ways that she's helped herself and helped others. She's traveled across the world doing mission trips in Haiti and in Tanzania, in Africa. Krista Mader is a guest professor who was on the show and is really somebody who seems to have been made to help other people. She has had so many roles as a parent, as a caretaker for dogs, so I guess not only caring for other people, but caring for other creatures. Her professional life has been primarily in the direct care of other people. One of the other people that she introduced me to was Louis. And we talked to Louis, who has made some fantastic achievements despite great barriers. But he has made those achievements not only for his own benefit, but for the benefit of others. As an example, he invented a standing walker that helps him to be more independent and to get around. But he didn't just develop this for his own use and for his own sake. He has made this available to other people to help them with the similar types of problems that he has had. We've had a couple of people on the podcast who have been involved in education, in caring for and teaching young children, in the case of Caitlin Shipley, who talked about not only her experience in helping and teaching children, but in helping her own family and helping herself. And also to Tammy Gingrich, who has the very brave job of teaching and caring for those students in the middle school age, which is, you know, if you remember back to your own time in middle school, as as I remember back to mine, a very difficult time. And she has really showed a love of kids of those ages and has devoted her career to helping them out in a way that makes them feel comfortable and lifted up. 
But perhaps no guest professor has been a greater example of caring for other people as James Joyce. James realized because of the assistance that he received in his times of need, the great importance of helping out other people. And now he devotes great portions of his life to that, even going so far as to take a second job so that he could provide a great Christmas for a family of children who needed it. And I have such great admiration for the things that he has done for individuals and families and for the community of Norwalk, Iowa. In addition to helping others, which I think all of my guests in one way or another brought up, the importance of caring for yourself is another common theme that we've seen among the guest professors on my podcast. Michelle Turnus really started us out on the theme of self-care when she talked about the importance of a daily routine that she uses to help care for herself. A hot bath every day and regular massages and therapies that help not only with her own comfort, but with the, the pain that she suffers as a result of a past auto accident. Stephanie Harper told us about the importance of caring for herself and the importance of asking for help while doing so, as she talked about the many ways that she has tried to overcome her difficulties with her own ambulation, her weight, and the personal struggles that she is that she has dealt with. Uh, she has been an example, perhaps more than anyone, of the unstoppable nature of the things that she has done to help herself and take care of her own body, and her own self. Another great example of self-care was the stories told to us by Jody Seeger, who did herself one better than she's ever done in celebrating her own birthday by going to Bali, Indonesia, and spending weeks there on her own, what she called her goddess destination. She is like nobody I know following her dreams. As I talked to her, I could definitely see the skills that she has in helping people to make the most of their own life and to advance the things that they need to do to take care of themselves. And that's why it's so exciting to hear her talking about embarking on a new venture for her in life coaching, which I'm sure she's going to really excel at. And Caitlin Shipley also talked about the importance of taking care of herself as she takes care of other people. There's no time, perhaps, in life that's more important to look out for the things that you need to do for yourself than young adulthood. Caitlin has recently become a teacher. She's young in her career, and she really looks back on the times that got her there and in things that she has done to look out for and care for herself as she embarks on the journey of young adult life. We talked also to Bob Kelly, who has been a great example of taking care of himself and pursuing the things that help him to do that. Bob is a remarkably curious individual, and he is a funny individual, and he's pursued both of those things. He's pursued those things. He has reinvented himself in different, different aspects and different ways, and he's reinvented the art that he enjoys of entertaining people and being on a stage, both musically and with his comedy. And folks, if you haven't seen Bob in action in either of these areas, his band puts on a great show, and the comedy shows that he does are so much fun. For most of my guests, a lot of them are involved in other things and other projects. And so I've tried to include some links to some websites and some resources of the things that they're interested in 
in the program notes for the podcast episodes that they're on. So do take a look at those notes. I don't put a lot of information in there. I don't think you need to be reading a novel about how a podcast episode goes because I want you to listen to it. You should get everything you need from listening to those podcasts. But some of those little resources and some of those little things I will put in the notes for the podcast. Another common thread that I really saw from many of the guest professors, which really kind of goes along with the self-care in my mind, but is the notion of asking for help, right? None of us can do everything that we want to do, everything that we think we can do on our own. We oftentimes have grand notions of the things that we can and cannot do, and sometimes those are a little bit exaggerated. So we have to know when we need to ask for help. Krista Mater gave a great example of her being willing and needing to ask for help. James Joyce also gave examples of asking for help. In his initial story, he didn't want help. He didn't want to ask for help, but there were people there to provide it for him. And then when he started embarking on helping other people, he really encouraged people to ask for the help that they need. But if you want to be one of those people who helps other people, he encouraged you to ask the questions. Ask, what can I do for you? What is it that you need? And how can I help? Because oftentimes people don't just come right out and ask. It's a hard thing to do. And it's something that many of my guest professors discovered on their own, how difficult it can be to ask for the help that you need. So sometimes asking the question, what help do you need, can help you to help other people. And that's something I really learned from James and something I wouldn't have thought of, I don't think, on my own. When I see people working on a project, I'll oftentimes come up and, you know, how can I help you? What can I do to help? But I don't think I would have thought of that in the grander context of life. I can see that you're upset. How can I help you? You've been through a lot. What can I do for you? These are the types of questions that James encouraged us to ask. There's one thing that I really learned from him. Actually, I learned a lot from him. But that's one thing that I would say I learned is to, to ask those types of questions. They're hard questions to ask. It can be hard to approach people who you can recognize are not at their best. And it can be hard for those people to accept help or to even answer your question. But asking it is a, is a great first step. Tammy Gingrich also gave examples of how she asked for help in her own life in managing her career, helping to deal with the mental health issues uh, of her own children, her older child who suffered from uh, mental health conditions, and her younger child who had the unfortunate experiences of having to deal with racism as a international adoptee. Another thing that I learned from Tammy that I think I would not have known on my own, and I don't think she would have known on her own had she not had the experience with her own child, having grown up as a, you know, white middle-class male, there's a lot of things that go on, a lot of discriminatory actions and behaviors that I would have had no concept of. And I think as I've grown older and I've learned from other people, it's really driven home something that I think all of us have heard in one way or another but maybe not acknowledged. And that is the more that we know, the more that we develop in our own knowledge and experience base and our own wisdom, which I sort of define as the application of the knowledge that we have, our own wisdom, the more that we know, the more that we recognize that we don't know. We don't know the experiences of other people. We don't know how people have been treated in their past. We don't even know necessarily how the things that we try to do to help people might be interpreted by those people. And it's not always in the way that it was intended. 
And that's a good part of uh, what Tammy's lesson to us was. You can have all the good intention in the world, but it's so easy to apply that intention in a way that is misunderstood or misinterpreted or, quite frankly, just misguided in the way that you approached it. And I can only use my own experience and my own background and apply that to how I treat other people. We all try to do our best, I think, but without the understanding of the experiences of someone else. We're only guessing at what really is the best way to approach an individual, the best way to help them. Something that was maybe not a strong point that many of my guest professors made, but something that I really discovered in the process of doing these interviews for Professor Anyone is the issue of connection. How do we connect to other people? Who are our friends, as opposed to those people that we really do connect to and relate to. Many of the guests that I had on the Professor Anyone podcast were people that I've known for many years, although some of them I hadn't talked to since high school. And it was really great to talk to some of these people again and find out what has happened in their lives since the last time I talked to them. I heard a psychologist on the radio who was talking about how we recover from the isolation and disruption to our lifestyles that occurred during the pandemic. So for as long as two years, we oftentimes had very little personal interaction with people. I continued to be, I guess, what they called uh, essential personnel. So I was still going into work every day and I was still seeing patients in a clinic and making sure that kids were healthy and that they had their checkups and that they had their immunizations and all of those things that are super important. But I wouldn't say that the pandemic and all of the isolation and really as a healthcare professional, some of the, some of the scariness that went along with that you know, and having to wear these, you know, PPE, personal protective equipment. We're wearing masks, we're wearing gowns and gloves and face shields and all of that sort of stuff to help prevent us from getting and spreading this virus that was so unpredictable and started off very contagious and got even more contagious. At the same time, we're reading things about amounted to be about 1% of the population would die from complications of COVID. And most of these people had other underlying medical conditions, but some didn't. Some people were perfectly healthy, got the illness, and succumbed to the, the effects of it. So in working on front lines with people, seeing people during this pandemic, that was scary. So back to the psychologist I heard on the radio. And what she said was, it's really important as you think about this pandemic and how it has disrupted our lives and how it has isolated us from people, how it has forced us to talk to people by things like Zoom rather than in person. Think about what that really means to you. What did you miss during the pandemic? What things in your life are different because of it in a negative way? And that's really how, how you take the first step to healing from, a pan, from the pandemic. So I was thinking about what this psychologist was saying. Although I wasn't necessarily missing the specific human interaction that I think many people were, I was missing the connection. I was missing the really, truly relating with people. Doing these interviews, finding out about people's lives, and finding out what I can really, truly learn from them, which is sometimes things that they know exactly what they can teach me, and sometimes they have no idea what they're actually teaching me, and maybe I have no idea what I'm teaching you as you listen to these podcasts. But I find a sense of connection with those people in just having these conversations. You feel a bit more of a 
human connection with people as you learn about them. You learn the things that they have to say. You learn the things that they've done and some of the lessons that they've learned from having done those things. But the neat thing is you learn to connect. When I first started doing the podcast, I just sat down and brainstormed what would be some good questions to ask that would bring out of people some stories, some examples, some of the things that we could learn from them. And some of the questions I found really worked very well, and some I needed to really change and tweak over time. So you see the questions that I asked change a little bit. I do have a regular series of questions. I provide these questions to my guests beforehand so that they can, if they wish to, think about how they might answer some of those questions. But the exact questions, of course, vary depending on what people are telling me. I wanted this podcast to be more than just the opportunity to listen to a bunch of people talk about their lives. We learn a lot about people and from people by listening to them talk about their lives, and I think that's really important. But I also wanted to have some fun with the podcast as well. So I took the opportunities of Halloween and Christmas to do some things that were a little bit fun. So as you probably guessed... The Ghost of Daniel Porter was just something that I wrote that I thought would be fun, and I tried to weave into it a few little pearls of wisdom or the ability to take a situation and learn from it. I started with the whole notion of interviewing a ghost with the lesson that this ghost would teach us to believe in yourself even when others don't, because not everybody believes in ghosts. And it doesn't matter whether you believe in ghosts or not, but do you believe in yourself? Because that's a big step towards being able to do the things that you need to do to help care for each other, care for people, to help care for yourself, and to make those connections. Now, the notion of learning about Christmas from kids is an absolute truth. Who has a better perspective on Christmas and the holidays than children? Uh, I would have loved to have been able to interview more children, but time just didn't permit it, and I was unable to locate uh, children to participate who had other beliefs uh, besides the Christian belief in Christmas. But as I commented on that episode, all of the holidays that we celebrate in one way or another help bring us together. Many, but not all, involve the exchange of gifts, and many involve the commemoration of specific historical events. Those are things that are important to us as human beings. That wide-eyed, childlike wonder of Christmas morning, seeing if Santa's been here, and celebrating together as families is a marvelous thing. And I'm so glad that we really had wonderful kids to tell us about and remind us about what our eyes of childhood saw when we were kids and we celebrated the holidays with our families. It was remarkable to me that without prompting, without discussion, every one of the children knew the importance of spending time with the family, with the people that you love, around the holidays. That's not just a Hallmark commercial. That's what these kids actually said. Isn't that what it's really all about? And who could tell us better than some kids? I'd like to talk now a little bit about the future of the Professor Anyone podcast. I would love the input of my listeners, you, to tell me what directions I should be taking with this podcast. At the end of each episode of the Professor Anyone podcast... I tell a story that paraphrases a college professor who said, if you don't like something that I have done or something that I'm doing, tell me about it. If you like what I do and what I've done, tell everyone. And by that I mean that if you have constructive criticism that I can make the Professor Anyone podcast better, I want to hear those things. If you do like the Professor Anyone podcast, I want you to tell your friends, post on social media, post links to the Professor Anyone podcast episodes, and share so that anyone can listen to the podcast. Now, when I set up the Professor Anyone podcast, I did so with a platform called Anchor, and you can see my website on anchor.fm. When I 
set everything up. I set everything up so there was a method that I could be contacted through the anchor.fm website. But as near as I can tell, there is not a direct way to contact me individually through any of the sites where I have the podcast posted. You can post reviews and rate the podcast, and I do hope you'll do that on almost any of the platforms on which it is available. If you want to contact me directly, constructive feedback about the podcast, you can do so through my website. It is at thingsbyjason.wordpress.com slash the-professor-anyone-podcast. From that site, on the top, on the right side, is a contact button. There's also a place at the bottom of the page where you can sign up for my email mailing list, which I actually have yet to use. I don't actually have plans to use a mailing list. But when you read about what you should be doing with a podcast, you should collect email addresses and have a mailing list. So I have it set up to get email addresses and create a mailing list. Yay! I am starting to put guests together and starting to do interviews already for the second season of Professor Anyone. I do not have an exact date for when the Professor Anyone podcast is going to be back for season two. Should be about March or so, I think. I have a couple of guest professors lined up already, and I'm really super excited about talking to each of them because I think they each have some really remarkable things that they can teach me and teach you. You're probably aware that the theme music is an original composition, and I have three different versions of it that I've used interchangeably. It has a mistake in it. It has a couple mistakes in it, and I left them in. One of the things that I've learned over time is that sometimes perfect doesn't feel the same as something that's put together maybe quickly, maybe with a lot of heart. Roger Daltrey was the lead singer of the rock band The Who. And I remember seeing an interview with him where he talked about the difference between perfection and emotion in music. Give me a bum note and a beat of sweat any day over perfect performance. So far, I've been doing this podcast as a fun project. It takes a fair bit of time to do the interviews, to line them up, and to do the editing involved in creating an episode of Professor Anyone. Maybe some other people might be involved. So far, I haven't made any money off of the podcast, although there is a chance to sponsor or contribute to the podcast on the Anchor FM website for it. As a new feature for season two of the Professor Anyone podcast, I would like to offer you the opportunity to send in questions that we can answer on the podcast. This is available through the Anchor.fm site And what you do is you go to where it says message and you are offered the opportunity to actually send a voice message. So your voice will be on the podcast asking your question. Now, if you're too shy and don't want to do that, uh, it is fine to go through my website through the contact page and send your questions in writing. You can send questions to any of the guest professors that I've had on the podcast or questions for me. I will follow up with those guest professors to get their answers or their responses. Or, of course, I will answer the question as a segment in the Professor Anyone podcast. So please send in your questions at the anchor.fm website using the message link that's there on that website. That's anchor.fm slash professor dash anyone. This will be a much more exciting section of the show if you send in some questions. 
You can also use that to send your questions or feedback to me about the show. In particular, between Seasons 1 and Season 2, I want to know what you want to hear. What type of people do you want me to get as guests, professors for the show? What things do you want to learn? What features would make the show more interesting for you? Would you like to hear more music? Would you like to hear interesting sound effects? <laughs> Any of those things I can do. Just let me know what you'd like to know. How about an orangutan in a monkey suit? Do you know somebody who would make a great guest on the Professor Anyone podcast? Are you somebody who would make a great guest on the Professor Anyone podcast? What do you have to teach? What do you want to know? Let me know as I plan season two of Professor Anyone. Some of the common themes that we've heard about include caring for other people, caring for yourself, and asking for help when you need it. I hope you have enjoyed learning from each person on the podcast. If you're interested in being on the podcast for the next season, please let me know. If you're interested in sponsoring the Professor Anyone podcast on the next season, please let me know. And until the next season in March of 2023, thanks for listening and thanks for this successful first season of Professor Anyone. (laughs) 